0: Welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford, Woking and Aldershot in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Guys, can we just put our hands together please and welcome our dear friend Sarah Yardley.
1: Thank you so much, Pete and Sammy. I I didn't pay Pete to read out his own endorsement of my book, but that feels like the best introduction I've had in a while. So uh, good morning. Good morning. morning. Last time I had the great joy of being here, it was August and the world. It's just starting to open up again. Who was here um, when I had the great joy of being here last time? I read out loud approximately a chapter of scripture. We're only doing four verses this morning, so congratulations. Uh, it'll still, I hope, be rich. But because it's Mothering Sunday, I wanted to lead off with a little bit of an introduction around some of the places that mothers hold in our lives. And as we've already kind of lent into, for some, Mothering Sunday will be sweet. The taste in your mouth will be like sticky toffee pudding with extra clotted cream. (laughs) And for some, Mothering Sunday might hold some other emotions. And as a single woman, I felt really honored to come and speak on Mothering Sunday. And I just wanted to tell you a few stories of some of the mothers in my life. And this isn't just to tell you about my friends. I hope that in some way these stories capture for you something of the experience of motherhood. So our slides team, can we just give a a warm round of applause for the, the, the individuals who make everything look sharp for us? Thanks, guys. I haven't even met you yet, but I I appreciate you, and I just want you to feel that from the bottom of my heart. Okay, they're going to put up some photos on um, on the screens here, and I'm going to tell you about these friends. The first one is my friend Sarah Balding. Now, Sarah is like a magical fairy princess. When she walks into the room, she really floats into a room, and so it should have come as no surprise to me that she one day announced that she had just given birth to triplets, Yes, triplets. Last week, Sarah Balding uh, was joined by three babies. Now, what makes this story even a little bit more beautiful is Sarah has two other children who are ages four and two. (laughs) So... Just do the math here. She has five under the age of five. And each of these individuals have given me permission to share their stories. She said, of course you can speak about my babies. Every bit of our lives is a testimony to the glory of God. May Jesus be known because I've got five babies under the age of five. Uh, My dear friend Lucy Gilbert, she met her husband at Creation Fest. They were just darling teenagers in a field. And as we all know, festivals, fields, and teenagers, magic happens. (laughs) Uh, They dated for six years before they got married, and in November, Lucy found out she was pregnant. And she's been waiting to be a mom, I I mean, since she was a teenager in the field. I'm I'm really glad they waited a little while. (laughs) On Christmas Eve, the doctors told her the pregnancy probably wouldn't be viable. On the 7th of January, Lucy and Noah said farewell to their first child. And she'll spend this Mothering Sunday remembering the baby she didn't have the chance to meet, but we'll see someday. My dear friend Annie Lona's had two biological children, and at both of those births, she literally lost so much blood, she almost died. And so her and her husband, Brian, decided to expand their family by choice. This little girl, Gemma, is probably the most radiant child I've ever seen. And the two children who they have chosen to add to their family through the beauty of adoption have brought life and joy and laughter. Annie is one of the best mums I know. She loves absolutely generously. Uh, My dear friend Emma Fowle is the mother to two teenage girls, and I get the joy of mentoring one of them. And she's just at that age, uh, the one in the middle here, you can see she's a little sassy by her face. She's just at that age where she's asking why about almost everything. And perhaps some of you can relate, just because you're raised in a home where Jesus is loved and honored and your family is faithful, doesn't mean you skip over the questions. So Emma's finding ways to walk with both of her two beautiful children towards the better why in Jesus. And she is always finding ways to listen to their questions. I met the radiant Amelia Smith when Thea, was just coming out of being a twinkle between her and Josh. In fact, I literally met her the morning after, which is too much information for me to share. (laughs) And Thea and Mimi are two of the most beautiful children I've ever met, but Josh and Amelia are discovering young parenting and the fact that sleep is a gift that not everyone has a chance to receive. (laughs) And that marriage and parenting styles mean that in your life, All of the things that could be a conflict can come to the surface. Uh, Amelia worked with an organization you might have heard of called 24-7 Prayer in London for quite some time. And she is one of my most beautiful and faithful friends. She uses those sleepless nights to pray, which is a gift. Amy Omekin and her husband, Ollie, have one daughter named Nala. But on their weekends, and you can see how old Nala is, on their weekends, they are short-term respite carers for parents of children who have disabilities. They work full-time jobs, they're involved actively in ministry, but their weekends have been used to expand their family so that those parents who have children with additional needs can have just a little moment of sanity before returning to everyday life. My mom is my hero. She had seven biological children. Just take a moment. Seven. Uh, In case you're not sure which one my mom is because she looks so young, she's the one right here. After giving birth to each of us, she had four consecutive miscarriages. And in every single one, I feared that we would lose her because not just was the physical trauma so intense, but the amount of blood that she lost was so significant. Before that, when I heard someone had had a miscarriage, I would say, Oh, I'm so sorry. And what would you like to have for lunch? And after living through it, I grieve. My mom is the best grandmother I know, and she has walked with more mothers towards how to care than anyone else I know. And I met Claire Kingsmith in a field in Cornwall. She convinced me that every British person has cream tea and pate every single day. And I was naive and American, and so I believed her for two whole years. <laughs> Shocking. Now, um, Claire King Smith became a single mom foster carer to Nathan when he was 16 years old. He's told her that he will not call her his mother, but his children will call her grandma, <laughs> which feels like a special treat on all sorts of levels. She says that she was able to do this because of the care and love of her church community. Sasha Hawk has been a single parent mum for most of Molly's life. Molly met Jesus through Creation Fest and a church in Wadebridge called Connect, and said to her mum, "Please, can we go to church and learn about Jesus?" And through that, Molly, beca- uh, Sasha became a Christian as well. She balances multiple jobs, all of the joys and challenges of single parenting, and always has a smile. Stevie Phipps has two darling little babies and one rainbow baby up in heaven. She's excited when she gets three hours sleep per night. She'll send me a text and say, I got three hours this evening. She is one of the most radiant women of prayer that I know. And she also loves Jurassic Park. We prayed for each of her babies who are a gift and a miracle. And finally, Fenella Briscoe. Fenella made a home for me in January of last year, when I came back from the States to a very locked down Britain, gave me the keys to the annex, and arranged for all the groceries to be delivered. She used to live here and actually went to St. Saviour's and to a a church in Millmead, one of the most generous women I know. And Fenella went home last March. And her son Hugh, who is kissing her on the cheek in this picture, last saw her alive on Mothering Sunday of last year. And it was his story that inspired this introduction. Because the word mother holds many emotions and many memories. And time doesn't allow for us to speak of the mothers like Rosa Parks who, while she never gave birth to a child, gave birth to a movement, the Amy Carmichael and Gladys Allward and Lilius Trotters, the single woman who carried the story of grace to many spiritual children. But I'd just like to leave us a moment, just a moment, to reflect on what the Spirit might have to say to us today about the role and the space of mothers in our lives. sounds like the police might contribute to this as well. And as we turn now to our passage of scripture this morning, what I'd like to invite us to consider is the tender love of Jesus Christ towards us. As a preacher, I kind of have a one-beat drum message. Lean into the presence of Jesus Christ. Find his intimacy and his tenderness towards us. And I'll be reading this passage of scripture that comes from Deuteronomy, and it's a reading that speaks about the love of God like the love of a tender mother rustling over his children. And I've got a few different pots of tradition that I pull from, but one of them is the Anglican tradition. And one of my favorite things to do, if you participate with me, is after I read the scripture, I'll say, this is the word of the Lord, and then you get to say Thanks be to God. Okay, let's practice. This is the word of the Lord. Amazing. It's one of my favorite things. Um, If you're able, I would love to just invite you to stand for the reading of the word of God. And I'll be reading this morning from Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 9 through 12. For the people of Israel belong to the Lord. Jacob is his special possession. He found them in a desert land, in an empty, howling wasteland. He surrounded them and watched over them. He guarded them as he would guard his own eyes, like an eagle that rouses her chicks and hovers over her young. So he spread his wings to take them. He carried them safely on his pinions. The Lord alone guided them. They followed no foreign gods. This is the word of the Lord. Smashed it. Uh, You may be seated. (laughs) Treasured, found, surrounded, guarded, carried, and guided. This is the way that our God is with us. In the midst of a world that is full of chaos and uncertainty, the love of our God is tender towards us. And I'd like to invite you to just think for a moment of your younger years. Think back to your earliest memories. Just one of the ones that's almost fuzzy around the edges. I remember eucalyptus trees. Endless sunshine, because I did grow up in California. (laughs) Sticky candy. Slamming my feet and my toes in a gate. Playing my little pony with a tree. Now think back to your earliest memories of encountering faith. Think back to the first time that you found something of the hope and the life and the joy of Jesus Christ. Think back to your first real encounter with the Holy Spirit. Think back to the first time that you read your scriptures and you found out that the Bible is the book that reads you. Think back to the first time your church community surrounded you with unexpected love. And think back to the time that I hope we have all found when we realized that whatever our home life, that you were a treasured and beloved son or daughter of God. You see, for some of us, the words of these passage will be more true than others. He found me. In a desert land, in an empty, howling wasteland. I've experienced the more I walk with Jesus, that my life without Christ at the center is like a wasteland, like chaos and desert, I can relate to the words of the psalmist who wrote in Psalm chapter 43, verses 1 through 2, As a deer pants for the flowing stream, so pants my soul after you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And the more I know Christ, the more I know that without him, My life feels like a desert wasteland. I remember studying in school a beautiful piece of poetry by T.S. Eliot. He wrote this epic poem called The Wasteland, and he wrote it against the backdrop of a world war and the loss of his father. And it's meant to be a pervasive metaphor of the dryness that happens when our souls are empty of spiritual life. And Eliot wrote these words, what are the roots that clutch, what branches grow out of this stony rubbish? Son of man, you cannot say or guess, you only know a heap of broken images where the sun beats and the dead tree gives no shelter, the cricket no relief and the dry stone no sound of water. I will show you fear in a handful of dust." This is our life without the presence of God. And for some of you, this will be the whole message in a whirl, in a word. If your life feels like a howling wasteland or desert place, it is here that we are found by God. What a beautiful image, the image of Christ in Scripture. He is the one who comes. Outward to seek and to save the lost. And if there are places where your soul feels thirsty for living water, Jesus is the one who says, I stand. And out of my innermost beings flows for your soul fountains of living water. It is one thing to be found. But oh, the way our God finds us. In this passage we read, he surrounded them and watched over them. He guarded them as he would guard his own eyes. Now most translations actually render this passage, he guarded them as the apple of his eye, which is a a phrase we all know, but the more you think about it, the more unusual that phrase is. There was an incredibly creepy picture of an apple with an eyeball in it, and I decided not to share that photo with you. It was too much for even me. But this phrase, which comes from scripture, it comes from this idea that you're beholding someone so closely that you can see their reflection, your reflection in their eye. It's this idea of such a tender intimacy that the closeness is so near that you see that you are being beheld by them. Now, some of you will have seen a film called Baby Mama. Has anyone seen a film called Baby Mama? No, this has not landed. I could never commend to you this film, although Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are comedic geniuses. In this film, Steve Martin plays a hippie yoga character who um, gives Tina Fey the gift of five minutes of uninterrupted eye contact. And the scene is about as cringy as you can imagine that it would be. And, And I was given the gift of a contrasting image to that one. This morning, I I got to say hello to the Aldershot campus. I love the Aldershot campus. And Christina, who's preaching there this morning, just in the opening worship, was sitting, and her son was sitting on her lap. And her son grabbed her face and nose to nose held her eyes and just said, I love you, Mommy, and kissed her on the cheek. There are some of us who will have mixed experiences of mothering. And in that same way, there will be some of us who have mixed experience of God. And this idea of uninterrupted eye contact, nose to nose beholding, is not the Steve Martin baby mama image. Where we feel uncomfortable because of the nearness of Jesus. It's the tenderness of Christina's son sitting on her lap. Knowing that he is loved, and he is a lover. And if you have had experiences with the Christian faith that have been tinged with moralism or rules or legalism or some form of hypocrisy, you might cringe at this idea of the undivided beholding of God towards you. And if that is so, may I just say you may not know the love of Jesus. If the idea of being beheld and guarded and guided by Christ is in any sense anything other than beautiful, you might not know the full tenderness of our God. And if if that's the case and you don't know that kind of tender love, may I just invite you to do something really simple. Spend time with Jesus. Spend time knowing who he is. If you're a reader, May I commend to you the book Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland, which made me weep for the kindness of Jesus, or this beautiful classic that I started last night called How to Hear God by Pete Gregg, <laughs> which speaks so vulnerably of the kindness of Jesus towards us. If you want to go straight to the source, read the Gospels. If you like listening to music, listen to King Jesus by Brooke Lighterwood. And just rejoice in the glory of the God who is for us. But perhaps above anything else, spend time with Jesus. You see, whenever I do, I find his tenderness towards me. I find that he is strong enough to guard me and gentle enough to lead me. He loves me exactly as I am. And he loves me far too much to leave me that way. And finally we find this compelling image, like an eagle that rouses her chicks and hovers over her young, so he spread his wings to take them up. He carried them safely on his pinions. I am not a biological mother. I might only ever have the joy of being a mother spiritually. But I can grasp the beauty of this idea of a mother hen or a mother eagle who is rousing over her chicks. And some of you who are the parents of teenagers might say that that rousing over your chicks is slightly more forceful. I wonder if sometimes God doesn't feel a little bit that way towards us. But veer away from that image and veer into this aspect of tenderness. This idea of a mother bird hovering close to her chicks the way she soothes them and feeds them and carries them to safety. I was speaking recently to a mom as she was breastfeeding her baby, and uh, she told me that there are countless small moments of intimacy that happen between a mom and her child as they breastfeed. She gave me a dozen reasons, and I've just chosen a few of the ways that breastfeeding brings this beautiful image of intimacy this morning. Natural breastfeeding can provide the sleep hormones that allow a baby to go to sleep, provide a natural interaction between a baby's saliva to the mother's skin that literally changes the nutrients in the milk according to what the baby needs. It provides antibodies for illness. It provides a skin-to-skin contact that soothes babies, regulates heart rates, and develops bonding. And it provides an intimacy and a closeness with the mother. Now, it's important to say here, I applaud all feeding choices at all times. (laughs) As long as your children are being fed, I applaud all things. (laughs) But let's just take this image for a moment of a mother breastfeeding her child. And I'd just like to invite us to consider the tenderness of the way our God cares for us. The tenderness of Jesus soothes my troubled soul. Because as it says in Psalm 127, verse 2, he gives his beloved sleep. It provides all the nutrients for my growth. For he feeds his children with knowledge and understanding. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. It brings healing to my places of disease and unrest to my mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual challenges. Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5. Not always in the timing or the way I would want, but oh, he is tender towards us. It gives us a tender mercy. Like the sunrise from heaven, his presence brings joy to my soul. Luke 1, 7, 8. And finally, it develops my intimacy. Intimacy and my closeness to God who has shown us his goodness and his loving kindness in salvation. Not least and most clearly in the work of Christ on the cross. I've been listening to your Cruciform Life series. What a joy to know the generous kindness of Jesus. There is no one else for me. None but Jesus. And our passage closes with these words about the tender intimacy of our God towards us. The Lord alone guided them. They followed no foreign gods. Our God is jealous for our love. He carries the desire for our full attention and our unwavering trust. But hear these words through the lens of this. His kindness is towards us in desert wastelands. He guards us as the apple of his eye. He carries us as though on the wings of eagles. He is only and ever beloved. And I'd just like to invite us to take a moment to respond to these things. And one of the things I find helpful as I reflect on a message preached is just to take a moment to center my heart and soul. Perhaps close your eyes for a moment. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would bring to our heart's attention your word to us this morning. had a real sense in praying into this morning that there are some in this room who have never known the love of Christ in this way. And if as you've heard me speak, you've thought this, this love of Jesus, this is the kind of love I want to know. Just going to invite you to do something really simple. Place one hand over your heart. And just say these words under your breath to yourself I receive your love today. For some, this might be the first, and for some, just a renewed sense of tenderness. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to those who are receiving your love. If there's anything that would block, Or keep them from knowing your tenderness. Give them the strength to release it to you. And for those who might be receiving this for the first time, um, there will sometimes be a sense of God's presence. And sometimes we simply believe in truth that our God is who he says he is. And so I proclaim over you this intimacy, this kindness, this tenderness of Jesus. And the second response that I feel is appropriate for us for a mothering Sunday is there are some for whom there will be a renewed call to proclaim this tenderness, to carry it to someone in your life. And I I say this delicately, but honestly, as one who has no children of my own, God still calls me to give my heart and life and his love away. And so whether you sit in the position of mother or father or single, young or old, the love and kindness of Jesus is our daily invitation to give. And so I just invite you to ask the Holy Spirit, those of you who know Christ, Is there someone today? Is there a name that God might drop into your heart? And simply hold that name before Christ and ask the Holy Spirit, how can I show or carry the tenderness of Jesus? I'm going to invite Pete to come back up and to pray that word into our church family this morning.
0: Holy Spirit, at a time where so many people are lost, so many families are broken, so many people are hurting, would you move amongst us To make us a truly family-building, relationship-healing, unconditionally loving community. Lord, I pray that an anointing would come upon many in this room to parent spiritually. Lord, for those who are biological parents but don't really know how to raise your kids spiritually, I pray that you would begin to teach them how to do that. Lord, for those who don't have physical children, I pray that there would be an anointing upon them to not just disciple, but to parent, to raise others in the faith. Lord, I want us to be a big hug of a church because that's what I've only ever experienced from you. Would you open our arms embrace today I've just got a simple picture here of you know that thing when we feel insecure we cross our legs, we fold our arms we physically hold our body protected by our arms and I just see the Lord gently opening our arms Lord we choose vulnerability vulnerability Lord, I pray again for those who have children, spiritual or physical, who are away from you today. Prodigal father, you who gather children under your wings, would you bring them home this year?